<laughs> hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right. Looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode. I'll shout you out on this show and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus, you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time, you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. I want to like you. Here's the problem. And I'm a brutally honest person, so I'm just going to say it up front. Yes, sir. When I like you, you know it. And when I'm pissed at you, you know it. Your comments this week and those of our president have been pathetically weak. You and I are now eye to eye because I want to like you. Look at me and tell me guns were the factor in the, the hunting of our kids in this school this week. And look at me and tell me you accept it and you will work with us to do something about guns. Fred, um, I'm not, first of all, what I, let me explain what I said this week and I'll repeat it. I'll repeat what I said. And what I said, and then I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do. We're going to talk about guns, and we're going to talk about what I said this week. And here's what I said. I said that the problems that we are facing... Let, let, let him speak. I think we need to hear it. I'm saying that the problems that we're facing here today cannot be solved by gun laws alone. Are guns the factor Absolutely. in the hunting of, of our kids? Absolutely. Of course they were. And here's it's what the, the and weapon here's of choice. Do, Can you say that? I support moving forward on that initiative and making it widely available for everyone around the country. Now, I think what you're asking about is the assault weapons ban. Yes, sir. So let me be honest with you about that one. If I believed that that law would have prevented this from happening, I would support it. But I want to explain to you why it would not. Senator Rubio, my daughter, running down the hallway at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was shot in the back. Yes, sir. With an assault weapon, the weapon of choice. Yes, sir. Okay? It is too easy to get. It is a weapon of war. The fact that you can't stand with everybody in this building and say that, I'm sorry. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. And in this particular episode, the emphasis is on the children. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is the 67th episode 
of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. After a little bit of a hiatus for 10 days, and those of you who follow me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter know why, came back earlier with episode 66, the long overdue retro review of the uh, 1998 Royal Rumble. That was fun. That was the fun we're going to have for the week. It had been long overdue. I enjoyed doing it. And you guys can feel free to check that show out. It's on right here on SoundCloud.com. It's on JScottSmith.com, The Mothership. It's on every podcast provider. Be sure to check that out. But um, unfortunately, we've got to get serious again. Very serious. So... I guess before getting off into the subject matter, because I'm going to keep this very brief, I mentioned, those of you who follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, you already know what's going on with me. And I'm not going to go too much into detail on it here. Anybody who's hit me up privately knows what's going on. And I appreciate all the support, all the kind words, all the love I've gotten, everybody just looking out for me. You guys are absolutely effing awesome. And I want to thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. You're great people helping me through a really shitty situation that not going to go much into on here other than to say this. Well, two things. One, don't expect me to mention their name on here. I never mentioned it on here before. I'm not going to start now. Secondarily, this show is about to get a lot more loose now. The language is still going to be kept largely PG-13. But now the handcuffs are off. And this week's show is one of those examples. Generally, I've kept this show mostly, but not totally, to somewhere in sports or entertainment. Even a lot of the heavy newsy issues I've hit on have been connected to sports, even tangentially. It's just how I always wanted to operate. I wanted to have mostly fun on this thing, you know, like like the retro reviews, like the cool stuff with the Eagles a couple weeks ago, things like that. But I also have never been one to shy away from a difficult subject in sports, i.e. the issues at Michigan State, i.e. the cases of, well, going forward, the cases of sexual harassment in sports. Oh, yes, uh, Dallas Mavericks, uh, I'm coming for you, episode 68. Dealing with things like race in sports, the protests of police brutality during the national anthem in the NFL and Colin Kaepernick, I'm generally not one to shy away from it. I've talked about gun control after just just these repeated mass shootings. This is going to be the third show I'm going to do on a goddamn mass shooting. And I'm really, really fucking fed up with it. Now the cuffs get to come off because I've shied away from talking about individuals on this show for fear of tightening up the butt cheeks of certain people in certain offices. I don't have to worry about that now. And you're probably listening. Hi, I appreciate the hit. You might actually learn something. But what happened in Parkland, Florida on Valentine's Day falls right in line with Sandy Hook and Virginia Tech and Columbine and the University of Texas and Las Vegas and Orlando for fuck's sake they just keep happening they just keep coming it just keeps going on and 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 on Jesus Christ <laughs> 
it's like, I'm not even sure what to make of this now. I was sitting in a jiffy loop getting the oil changed in my car when I looked up at the screen and had essentially almost a full-on flashback to that afternoon in 1999 when I was a student at Michigan State University and I come back from class and I turn on the TV and every channel is talking about this shooting at a high school in Colorado named Columbine. I'm now sitting in a Jiffy Lube almost 20 years later watching a similar scene play out at a high school, this time in Florida. What are we doing exactly here? 17 people died, most of them kids. One of them was a football coach, but most of them kids. The harrowing stories of kids hiding under desks, hiding in closets, shaking when the police finally are able to storm the building after the guy's already gotten away and been caught alive riding around in an Uber. The difference between Parkland and Columbine is we didn't have Snapchat. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't really have anything resembling social media at the time. Even though we knew how dangerous and how frightening and how scary the prospect is of walking into a school and having some crazy bastard with a grudge or some weirdo terrorist or just some disgruntled teacher or former employee suddenly barge in with a gun and start firing. I I don't know what to say, but this shit keeps happening. This is the third episode of this podcast I've done 67 of them. Three are going to be dealing with this. Three. Orlando, Las Vegas, and now Parkland. Three. And that's just the three I can get around to doing. This show wasn't around for Virginia Tech. It wasn't around for Sandy Hook. It certainly wasn't around for Columbine or anything else that's happened. But the reaction to this one is what's getting me more than anything else. The reaction and the response from our political quote-unquote leaders, and I will use that term very loosely with some of the biggest, most bold printed quote marks I can find. The political leaders, at least on the majority side, the Republicans, oh, because it feels good to just be able to say it, the Republicans are complete and total wastes of time. It's the same bullshit, the same sorry excuses, the same hypocritical horse manure that continues day in and day out. It's just fucking crazy that 17 people, a majority of them kids, get massacred in a fucking school. And yet you still have people with NRA money pouring out of their fat ass pockets, insisting that gun laws will not fix this, that we can't do anything about this because if we institute gun laws, criminals will just find another way. It's odd that that sort of logic wasn't applied to drunk driving. Well, if we, if we make drunk driving illegal, they'll just do it anyway. 
or you know, any form of illicit drugs. Well, I mean, they're just gonna do coke and heroin anyway. What are we gonna do? Why have laws against it? They're just gonna break them. That's why there's laws, you morons. The way that people go about twisting themselves into pretzel-like knots to avoid having to simply enact fucking gun laws and protect our goddamn kids and our goddamn selves. This is outrageous. And of all things, it was tough for anything to get through with the previous administration because President Obama actually had really good ideas including, you know, being able to get through an executive order to help keep guns out of the hands of mentally ill people. Yes, the mentally ill that certain people in the GOP only seem to give a shit about when, you know, it's a way to deflect from talking about mass shootings and goddamn gun violence. These are just like the only time these people give a shit about the city of Chicago and its level of gun violence is when we're trying to basically calm down mass shootings. Oh, but, but if you look at a city like Chicago, it has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. And, oh, those Negroes can't stop shooting each other. I'm, I, if, if that's what it's like, why, would we, why should we even do it? Yeah, kind of ignoring the fact that the, that the state that's right on the other side of the city, Indiana, has some of the most lax gun laws. And that's where all these guns are coming from. They're being funneled into cities like Chicago from Indiana. It's the same thing that happens out here on the East Coast, except New York and New Jersey have pretty damn strict gun laws that keeps morons like the ones who live out here in Pennsylvania from funneling them into that state. We can't do anything about it because they'll just do it anyway. Shut the f*** up. And for Christ's sake, it was tough enough to try to get anything done with one of the most intelligent people in the history of this country at the helm as President Barack Obama. Now you got a goddamn circus clown as President of the United States. Donald Trump, who I don't even know what the hell to say in regards to him. Episode 23, way back in the day, they got a whole lot of ass cheeks tight back at the old spot. Episode 23 prepared you for this, but I didn't think it was gonna be this bad. I don't know if this guy is the world's worst liar or he's suffering through the worst case of dementia known to man because he literally sat here and I made it a point to talk about this. And it's one of those things I'm going to get to very, very quickly here in the midst of that phony talking session, you know, the one that was held at the White House where he's sitting there holding pretty much in plain view of photographers and in plain view of reporters that are there to cover the thing, actual crib notes basically telling him how to be empathetic to people who just a week earlier found out that their kids and friends and siblings and brothers and sisters and cousins were killed by a crazed bastard with a gun, a crazed bastard who's a Trump supporter. We're just gonna say it, he's a Trump supporter, wearing one of those stupid red hats You got Trump sitting there looking like he would rather be someplace else, talks to these people, which oddly, strangely enough, a lot of these parents that they put in there just magically seem to be Trump supporters. Didn't want to put any of the kids whose parents didn't support him in the room because, you know, always got to be the photo op. I know that feeling. He sat there and one of the things he pitched is this idea that you should find some, quote, former Marines and former Army members who are teachers 
and arm them. Because this goes right along with the NRA's talking points of, we don't need fewer guns, we need more guns. More guns, because the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is with a good guy with a gun. And they need to shut the f*** up with that. We had a mass shooting in this country that occurred on a military base where every single person on the base had a gun. 13 people, 13 soldiers. One of my best friends was stationed at Fort Hood that particular day when it went on lockdown. 13 soldiers got iced with a pistol in a mass shooting in the United States. Virginia Tech has its own police force, like every major university in the country. There were armed security guards at that high school in Parkland. As we found out, one of them got a severe case of the limber tail and refused to go in as the shooter was unloading on all these kids. I understand that not everybody's built for this in terms of having a gun and and standing up to a shooter. I understand that. But if it's your job to literally secure the perimeter, to literally protect the students, and when a shooter goes into a building and starts pumping off shots, and you stand your ass on the sidelines like, put me in, coach, you're a damn coward. And that guy got to resign. A lot of that, too. That guy got to resign. He wasn't fired. He got to resign after basically his cowardice could have led to I don't know how many possible deaths. He was able to resign in shame, but he resigned. You want me to believe that all of a sudden that you just if you just arm and equip some teachers with guns, all the mass shootings will stop. Are you fucking high? My mother was a teacher in the Detroit public schools. I know what you're thinking, but my mama didn't actually fear for her safety in a school for one day until after Columbine happened, because that's the first time it really registered that it could happen in a high school, even in so-called dangerous ass Detroit, where yes, they have police officers in the building, but that didn't stop fights from breaking out. They didn't stop kids from occasionally getting hurt. It was a fact of life, but she never felt like she was going to lose her life when she went into a building. My mother was a teacher in the Detroit public schools from 1966 to 2005. I also grew up with a cop in my house, my dad, who she met while teaching at one of those schools. My dad was a sharpshooter with the Detroit Police Department. He could basically pick off a guy from a city block if given the opportunity. He treated guns essentially like they were the most important thing in the world, but not because he was some weirdo gun nut like a lot of these jagoffs from the NRA, but because as a police officer, he understood that a gun was maybe the most important thing you have, and you have to treat it with respect. He could clean a gun quickly and precisely, but I was never allowed in the room when he did it for obvious reasons. Plus, to be honest, Firearms scared the shit out of me. They always have. I grew up around guns. Lots of revolvers, lots of Glocks. When I was in high school, I was in ROTC. I got a chance to shoot rifles and, and everything. Just not my thing. Never has been, never, never will be. I'm not a gun guy. And neither is my mom. She despises firearms. Can't stand them. Scared to death of them. Doesn't like them. She ain't fond of knives either. She ain't fond of weapons in general. 
But in terms of having to protect the home, my dad did show her how to at least load and hold a gun. I remember this. My mother was robbed in our backyard in Detroit. It's the only time it ever happened. The only time anything like that happened in our neighborhood. She wasn't robbed at gunpoint. A guy slipped into the yard when she was coming back from a supermarket, and he ran up on the porch and, and grabbed her purse. I still recall the sight of my dad sprinting out of the house, gun in hand, after the guy. From that point, she was basically shown how to, you know, handle a piece, which, again, makes sense. But it was done with the idea that she would never really have to do it. Well, one evening in summer 1989, when I was 10 years old, she thinks she hears somebody downstairs in our house. And she panics, grabs a gun, and starts to head down the stairs. I'm basically told to hold my ground and just wait. I didn't hear anything, but she did. It turned out the sound she heard was a dog outside of the house that was roaming around in our bushes. Just that alone, just the thought and the sight of that alone, lets me know that the idea of giving a teacher a gun, a teacher who is not trained to have a weapon, a teacher that is not comfortable shooting a gun, the idea of giving a teacher a gun and expecting him or her on a second's notice to suddenly spring into action and protect the lives of a classroom full of, say, 25 to 33rd graders. Or, in my mom's case, she was a cheerleading coach at one time. The idea that just if some shit jumped off, that she would just suddenly turn into Clint goddamn Eastwood and whip out a gun to protect a team full of ninth grade cheerleaders? You have to be one of the dumbest people there possibly is to think that's a good idea. No one says when there is a rash of shark attacks at beaches that we need to add more sharks to the water to offset the current amount of sharks. No one says that when there's an issue of drunk driving that we should start putting liquor at every single damn rest stop along the highway. No one says that if there's an issue with child molestation that we should allow more child molesters to roam the area. And no one says when there is an issue with lung cancer that we should make cigarettes available to everybody. But only this lunacy seems to come up with guns and people are dying by the dozens. This isn't a case of one random person getting shot here or there. When mass shooters come in, they take them out by the dozen. We just had a, a, a shooting to end all shootings in Las Vegas a few months ago that was putting up the type of casualty numbers that rivaled the Oklahoma City bombing. And you still can't get these Republican halfwits to do anything about it because they're so indentured and indebted to the NRA and they're just so damn cowardly and they're just so damn hypocritical that they're willing to sacrifice children's fucking lives to protect the stupid ass useless second amendment. I don't give a shit about the second amendment. I care more about the first. I care a whole hell of a lot about the 13th. Fifth amendment is pretty cool, pretty damn cool too. 22nd amendment it could have saved us Donald Trump. But the Second Amendment, I could, if it went away tomorrow, it wouldn't bother me. Guns are a plague on this society. And yet, the gun lobby is so strong that it literally has people like Marco Rubio, who sarcastically suggest that you ban all assault weapons only to get the kind of pop that Stone Cold Steve Austin used to get when he came into arenas 
and then dismissively say on Twitter, like the dumbass he is, that, oh, well, just because the audience cheered, it, the idea of banning assault weapons is not popular with the mainstream. Hey, dummy, that was the mainstream you were sitting in. Not these ass clowns on Fox News who cater to you. Not the weirdos like Alex Jones and the rest of those miscreants who are out here tormenting these kids, these brave ass kids. And I'm going to close talking about those kids because those little motherfuckers are goddamn heroes. But the likes of Alex Jones and all you right wings, you right wing idiots can't even think straight. They piss me off so much that are attacking these kids who watch their friends die in front of them. We're actually at a point in this society, in this American society, where our discourse has actually devolved to the point where accusing kids who just watched their friends die a week ago of being actors instead of actually listening to their concerns seems to be the line of attack we want to go to. Is that the side of history you sons of bitches want to be on? Really? Telling someone who watched a friend die that you're an actor, it didn't happen, you're not real. You've got these smarmy douchebag conservatives all on TV and all on Twitter saying, you kids need to respect your elders and no one cares what you think and why are we listening to kids? They're clearly being ginned up by adults because these kids aren't smart enough to think for themselves. Funny, this comes from the same group of people who seems to think if one gay person kisses another gay person on television that kids will just magically be drawn to the gay. You people give so much of a damn about protecting kids that you're willing to keep transgender people from going to the bathroom of their choice, but you're not quite possessing enough of the huevos to get your ass out there and keep some crazy bastard from storming into a school and shooting 20 of them. You attack these damn kids. You attack these kids. These kids who've seen horrors that I, growing up, and going to school and ooh, woogie boogie, Detroit, didn't see. I went to school in Detroit from kindergarten all the way through high school and then came back to go to school in Detroit for graduate school at Wayne State University. I saw fights, fist fights, but I never saw a gun pulled, never saw a gun produced, didn't have to worry about some jagoff storming into the building with an AR-15. The AR-15... Nobody needs to have those. Hey, dumbasses back in Michigan, find something else to, to, to raise funds for your baseball team. There are so many things you can use to raise funds. Sell cookies, sell donuts, offer a car wash, do whatever you got to do. Get, get stuff made, get merch made on websites. Go to like the East Bay website, sell some shit. But don't go raffling off a goddamn AR-15, especially a week after one of those was used to shoot up a bunch of kids who were about the age of the ones on that baseball team. We live in a country that's so damn backwards and so obsessed with these damn guns. Members of the Republican Party were shot at a baseball game last year, and they still get on TV talking about we don't need to change a thing about our gun laws. That's an illness. That's a sickness. It's a cancer on this society. I've done three shows on this sort of thing. I'm tired of it. And I know I'm going to have to do a fourth probably for before the summer is over because it's going to happen again. But these kids in Parkland, Florida, give me hope. 
something that we don't have a lot of in Trump America. We don't have that. Those kids give you hope. They give you the thought that perhaps this next generation ain't nearly as bad as we thought it was. It's not nearly as left behind as we thought it was. It's not nearly as listless as we thought it was. Because these kids are fucking soldiers. They're getting right in the face of these idiots who are pandering to the gun lobby and trying to talk to them as if they don't know what they're talking about and treating them in the most condescending, disgusting fashion. They're standing up. They watch their friends die, and they're standing up to make sure that they don't have to watch any other kids die in front of them. They don't want to lose any more of their classmates, whether they're in high school or in college. They don't want to lose little brothers and little sisters in elementary school and in kindergarten. Don't forget Sandy Hook was first graders. They don't want to see this keep happening. And they've got far more courage and far more confidence and far more intelligence than these so-called adults and elected leaders who are going on smear campaigns to try to take them down. I'm not even going to bleep this out. Fuck you. If you're out here, you're an adult, and you're running a smear campaign against these kids, you can go to hell. What's wrong with you? Are you really that, are they that deep in your pockets that you can't give a shit about kids, teenagers, who've seen the horrors of war without ever having to step on a battlefield? The idea, the PTSD that these kids are going to go through in 10, 15, 20 years, the ones who saw that dude storm into the building with an AR-15, why is that thing legal? I remember the Real Sports episode with the jerk-off guy who actually sat there and kept insisting that it was a sport rifle. It's just a regular, safe sport rifle. What? Yeah, yeah, it's a hunting rifle. It's used for hunting people. There is no practical reason to have one of those guns. So get it off the damn street. These kids, I salute you. You're soldiers. And you're doing what's right. And that's something that we need more of in this country. People who are willing to do what's right, even if it's not popular, even if it puts them in peril, even if it's a detriment to them, even though anybody who tries to punish these kids for standing up for their rights to live, anybody who's willing to do that, you don't deserve the safety of any place in this country. My name is J. Scott Smith. I want to shout out those kids at Parkland in Parkland, Florida, who unfortunately saw their friends die. Just like I will shout out the kids who are still alive from Sandy Hook who saw their young friends die, the parents of Sandy Hook whose kids were taken from them, the ones at Virginia Tech, the the, the community college in Oregon, we forget about that. All these school shootings, all this bullshit, it needs to end. It's ridiculous. It's, It's absurd. It's gross. And it's negligent. And I don't expect anything to get done with Trump. He's too, I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know if he's on dope or dog food. I don't know if he's stupid or senile. I just know that he's not going to get anything done. He, he seems to think, hell, apparently he doesn't realize that movies already have a rating system because they're trying to go back to the 1980s, early 90s trope of blaming hip hop and video games and movies. Let me tell you something. People have been watching gangster movies since the 1930s, where they used to shoot them up and kill people. 
Dudes have been getting killed and murdered and mass murdered in movies for years. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Some people are just deranged jack-offs. They're gross. They're evil human beings. And yes, if, if they kill people, if you take away the guns, they'll find another way. Good. Let them find one. Let them create one. Let them find a way to slaughter 60 people with a knife or a rock. You don't seem to have too many issues trying to keep certain people from renting cars, considering that was a method that terrorists use, including the ones in Charlottesville, of driving over people with cars. It's actually tougher to get a car. It's tougher to rent a car in this country than it is to get a goddamn gun. Oh, they're going to find other ways to do it. Let them. But don't make it easy on them. Stop making it easy. Stop making it readily available. Everyone doesn't need to have a gun, just like everyone doesn't need to drive a car, just like everyone doesn't need to drink alcohol, just like everyone doesn't need to do anything. Everybody doesn't need to have something. Everybody doesn't need to have a gun. Everybody doesn't need to be able to drive. Get your shit right. And God willing, by 2020, we might be able to get a functioning adult back in charge of this country. Because right now, it is dangerous. Because every day, we have no idea where the hell this is going. It was tough when we had a sensible human adult in the White House. It's frightening right now. But those kids in Parkland, Florida, and the kids who are taking stands across this country by walking out of these classrooms, and the teachers who are walking out with them too, by the way, Shouts out to y'all. That's our future right there. And as much as you're being dismissive and rude and accusing them of being actors and being phonies, don't forget a lot of those kids at Parkland and a lot of these kids in these high schools, a lot of them are turning 18 this year and can vote in midterms. And all of them, especially if they're 16 years old now, two years from now, they'll be old enough to vote for president. Choose your words wisely, you ass clowns. I'm J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. And for God's sakes, let's do something to protect our kids and protect ourselves. Enough of these guns. Enough of this bullshit. This is episode 67. Episode 68 will be a little bit more sportsy, but it's still going to cut pretty deep. You've been warned. Goodbye, everybody. The people in the government who were voted into power are lying to us. And us kids seem to be the only ones who notice and are prepared to call BS. Companies trying to make caricatures of the teenagers nowadays, saying that all we are is self-involved and trend-obsessed, and they hush us into submissions when our message doesn't reach the ears of the nation. We are prepared to call BS. Politicians! Politicians who sit in their gilded house and senate seats funded by the NRA telling us nothing could have ever been done to prevent this. We call BS. We say that tough, they say that tougher gun laws do not decrease gun violence. We call BS. They say a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. We call BS. They say guns are just tools like knives and are as dangerous as cars. We call BS. No. They say that no laws could have been able to prevent the hundreds of senseless tragedies that have occurred. We call BS that us kids don't know what we're talking about, that we're too young to understand how the government works. We call BS. If you agree,
register to vote. Contact your local congresspeople. Give them a piece of your mind. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. 